Greetings, Amigops and Top Teners everywhere. Welcome back to another edition of Top 10 with Kyle and Mike. I am your co-host, Kyle. Directly next to me today is your co-host, Michael. He's wearing pajama pants that are rolled up well past his knees. He is not too far out of getting out of bed this morning. It's a very special weekend. It's a very special episode. I am here with Michael and his father, everyone's favorite guest, Jerry. We are all in one place. It is unprecedented for a podcast. Jerry has put together a list, a top 10 list. The topic, I do not know. You don't know either, Mike, right? I don't know if we'll have to talk during the intro, but no. <laughs> we don't know. Only Jerry knows it. He's prepared a top 10 version of this list. He's going to give it to us. We're going to debate it with vigor. And by the end of this hopefully compact episode of this show, we will arrive at a definitive top 10. So, Jerry, what are we talking about? So thank you so much for having me back. It's been a long time. I feel like it was last summer. <laughs> so it's, it's been a while. I've had time to put the list together. Eagle-eared viewers, let us know how long it's been. I think it's been like four episodes. So anyway, <laughs> that's beside the point. I just want to start with a little background to explain where this list comes from. So a while ago, I was with a very dear friend of mine um, that I had known for nearly 26 years at the time. And we were talking about life and he told me that I was self-referential. And when I heard that, I thought it was a compliment. I didn't really know what it meant, looked into it a little bit more. And I realized that it's kind of that I have a habit of making all roads lead back to me. And so when I was invited back on the podcast, I wanted to make sure I didn't <laughs> so do who's that. who's this asshole 26-year-old <laughs> friend of yours? It doesn't matter. but but Or you've known him for 26 years. Apologies. <laughs> so, so with that in mind, this list is called Top 10 Head Scratchers That Should Bother You Too. Okay. So I've included other people. All so right, it should bother it? you too. Right. <laughs> what is this, what the hell does this mean? I'm, my head is scratched right, right. now. So it's, it's, things, it's things that I think about that just... Oh, that really bother you, but you're masking this as a list for all of us. Yeah, I think they should bother you too. <laughs> okay. That should bother you yeah, too. Just, like why. being a jerk to Jerry. That should bother the crap out of you. Yeah. That's kind yeah. of the idea. Yeah, okay. So so there's no particular um these <laughs> oh don't God. belong to any collection. They're just sort of things that I as I go through life, I go, What what is this all about? Mm. You know, I could be laying in bed, I could be sitting in traffic. That I feels be, like a place you're probably gonna be talking about a fair bit. I, I actually want the listeners to know I talk to Jerry on the phone probably four or five <laughs> times a week. Um, generally, we talk about the Patriots, and that's like the dead of the non-football season, like April when there's nothing happening. And every time we're talking, at some point during the conversation, Jerry goes, "Oh, get out of the way!" or "Merge, merge, merge," and. A lesser friend wouldn't realize that that was not directed at them. I am. I know it's not directed at me. It's like when he talks to uh, himself while we're doing a project around the house. I'm aware that do I need a Phillips head or a flathead is not a question that is being directed at me. So I expect fully that we will be taking a trip to traffic today. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Uh, and I think we have an expert here that might be able to answer some of these things. That That's actually just... a great point. How might I be able to explain to us why these people are such dickweeds? I cannot explain human behavior, but... <laughs> Only observe it. <laughs> you yes. can explain the incentives behind this human behavior. I can explain the ways in which we model for human behavior or try to estimate it. Mm -hmm. All but right. But that's, that's as far as I can yeah. guarantee. How many Jerry's per hour? Yeah. Right. So, per so, lane. Yes. Yeah. So the list doesn't really relate in any way. It's not It's not a cohesive thing, which will surprise people who yeah. know me that it's not more. It's kind of all over the place. Yeah, pretty Weird. much. So anyway, <laughs> top, top, the number 10 is why are there on ramps just before off ramps? Who, who does this? Yeah. Like, I, there's, there's is a there a reason, Kyle? Because there's a famous one in Massachusetts near us. It's the Cloverleaf, I think is what the whole like arrangement is called. It's the two major interstates, 93, 95. And the 95 on-ramp from 93 is just before the off-ramp from 95 to 93. Explain. Well, so there is there are standards for how much distance there needs to be between an off-ramp and an on-ramp. Okay. So you can't just put them directly next to each other. How close it, is it supposed to be? <laughs> and a, well, a clover, it's by design extremely has to be extremely tight because everyone is getting on and off 
at the intersection of your two roads uh-huh. and a normal so like a a standard diamond interchange where you're you know it's like this you're on merging on traffic and sorry no one can see yeah. what i'm doing with my hands it looks like a diamond it looks like a diamond yeah you're getting on and then people are getting or you're driving off and then people are getting on and that could be like a half mile in between them mm-hmm. but as a like the, by definition a diamond interchange takes up tons and tons of space mm-hmm. and often the the limiting factor almost always with interchange design is not operations it's like public it's land. almost always right-of-way acquisition yeah. and so <laughs> clover leaves are extremely inefficient because when you go in a loop like that mm. you're forced to slow down like a diamond interchange you can get off you yeah. don't barely have to change your speed at all a clover leaf and the, the limiting factor there again is trucks. Trucks have a really hard time navigating a cloverleaf, and so like if you if you have the room to do a diamond or any number of other types of interchanges, you do that. But with the space constraints, often and, and oftentimes you see them in more like urban environments because there's not a lot of space or it's already built up or whatever. And so it, the the really tight space that you have between your on and your off is. Just so are we being dumb, or is there is there a reason why they couldn't just reverse them? Reverse it. Oh, I see. So we because may have explained what, it incorrectly. Yeah, There's a main this road. Is, this is the the on is before the off. So people from a major highway yeah. are merging onto the highway about a hundred yards, maybe before everybody has to get off. So the people getting on the highway and the people getting off have to actually cross across each other mm-hmm. in a span of about 100 yards, right? So yeah. you're asking yeah. why we can't just have the same clover configuration, yes. but such that you get off and you do this type of thing. This is really hard without visual cues. And then, <laughs> and as you get on, you're doing, that's, I, I, so I don't, I don't design, I'm a, there's a difference between a traffic engineer and a roadway engineer. Mm-hmm. So I don't physically design Okay. Roadway structures. Mm-hmm. So he's saying it's not his fault. <laughs> That's what no, I'm it's hearing. not what I'm saying. I'm saying that there definitely is a. There must. There be, must. There be must reason, be a structural it's too stupid otherwise. Because you're right. Why would you do that? This particular road is such a disaster. Yeah. Jerry, I'd like to know to bring this back to the the star of this episode is so the, the way that you fix this. If you're a driver on this road, if you've done this road. So if you don't know it's coming, it's whatever. You're from New Hampshire and it's whatever. The way you do this is you get over to the right lane earlier than you think you should. Mm -hmm. And then you let the people coming on pass you and you actually merge across like the little rumble strip. It's actually much safer that way. Jerry instead likes to dive bomb in from the left lane. So you, you zoom in at 80 and then you just cross over in front of people. So that's part of why you have such a problem with this. But the fact is, you've proven my point. It's a head scratcher. Yeah. Right? Don't you kind of go, what? Why can't, why can't you get people off, get off the road, and then put people well, on? But the reason, so, okay. Usually at a cloverleaf, you have, like, you have, you, so, like, let's say you're driving northbound on whatever you're on, and yep. you want to go eastbound when you get off. Mm-hmm. Usually you can just do that, right? Yep. There's a ramp to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to go westbound, you have to go underneath the road and then loop around to do that. Mm -hmm. If you were to get off before you went underneath the road, how would you get going westbound, right? Without making a left turn. Yeah. Yeah. See, this is where you... So that's not your fault. I'm sure the audience (laughs) knows exactly what you're talking about. Jerry and I are not very good with these things. Maybe this is why we're scratching our heads so much. If you... So, like... (laughs) I'll draw you guys a diagram. Yeah, no, we can't what? fix. This. You know what? Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna commit us to Kyle's gonna draw a diagram of this, and we're gonna post this on social media. Let's remind Caroline to do this. I want to see this. the The long and short of it is that in the the way a cloverleaf is set up, you don't have to. There's it's not it doesn't have to be signalized. You can just merge into traffic yeah. when you're done. You can just merge right into traffic, and without if you didn't go underneath the road you were trying to get onto or over it, whatever, you wouldn't be able to do that. So the short answer is it's just a We're gonna a have to also thing. show you the the actual road because these are not roads that kind of are perpendicular to each other. They are shaped a little ah. bit strangely. So this exact piece of what you're saying, 
if I'm if I'm thinking about this right, you don't actually cross under the highway at any point. It might not be a true cloverleaf. It might just be the way people are talking about it. We're gonna we're gonna dig into this because I'm super interested. We could waste an hour talking about this. Yes, we could. This has been a good five minutes. <laughs> and I know I don't mean like this has been a good five. I mean it's actually I'm interested. I want I need to make sure we've conveyed all the facts properly because we probably haven't. I don't think that's important because <laughs> <laughs> the head is still scratched. Yeah. 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 Um, so all right. So number nine. <laughs> all right. So number nine is you've made a dog day afternoon. You've made the film. Yep. Okay. You've made the Godfather Part One. Yep. You've made The Godfather Part Two. Are we John Casal right you now? You are an actor of your generation, and inexplicably, you make The Godfather Part Three. Oh, I thought we were John Al Pacino. Cassell. No, it's yeah, okay. Al Pacino. Yeah. Can someone explain that? The, the guy's a, the guy's an accomplished actor. He he's amazing, and he does all these great films and great work. And suddenly, he lays that turd. It, <laughs> he's not old. It, the problem is in this situation, he's not old enough to have forgotten how to act. Like you and I have talked about before, how there must be an aging curve for actors the way there is for athletes. Like you can't reasonably expect a quarterback to perform at a Pro Bowl or All Pro level at forty years old. That's just absurd. Obviously, it's a preposterous notion. Yeah, you know, for the most part. But oh my god. But but it's because they're an athlete and so you say okay well it's natural that they age an actor or actress would too because you know they've got other interests they got grandkids they got stuff going on they're a little older they're not quite as sharp blah 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 so i would be understanding of this if al pacino weren't like 55 if that if it's that, 14 years there's yeah. 14 years between the movies and for people like me who who were huge fans and i think i've got a lot of company many people think those two movies yeah. are two of the greatest of all time. And Pacino's times. better in two than he is in one. Absolutely. And you look forward to this movie. You wait 14 years. Yeah. Like, pick one of your films, The yeah. Avengers, or, or someone that you're really into. You wait all this time, and it stinks. Attack of the... Or, um, yeah. Phantom Menace. Yes. Yeah. And so that, to me, I just don't get it. So are you questioning why Pacino specifically would choose to do this movie, or why more care wasn't More like, why taken? is he so bad, why right? Why is he so bad? Yeah. Okay. I've never actually seen part three, so I, I, I don't know. If we can beat it up enough, you should see it. We have to, but I think we first have to beat the movie up enough because if you go into it without generational expectations, it it actually is not as bad a movie as you think it's going to be. I think it's fair to say you're using The Godfather 3 as kind of an avatar for the next 10 to 15 to 20 years of Al Pacino's career, right? Because he basically goes from being the best actor on the planet to being the worst with the exception of maybe scent of a woman heat and insomnia are like the three good movies he makes over the next 25 years i'm using it as both but primarily selfishly as a standalone i waited all this time for this movie and other people did too and it stinks it just it it's just his stinks. Fault. it stinks he stinks and it's it, his it, fault yeah it's, his it's not fault, all but. his fault it's probably poorly written and yada, yada, yada. But I think you could get over it if you at least could cling to a good Al Pacino performance. He's unwatchable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's too bad. It's a head scratcher. It's yeah. a head scratcher. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Kevin, relax. This is only the first yeah. two. Can not you sit? there yet, Kev. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's Jeez. making the finger at me yeah. across the room saying it's time. It's not time, Kevin. Thanks, Kevin. The new intern, Angelo, is getting a little, uh, little antsy. Oh, boy. So, so number eight. To me, is a head scratcher. I don't. I don't understand, and I didn't realize that there is a theme to this, which I didn't get. It's, <laughs> it's road related again. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so we we. I did some research, and I, why are we allowing really to old people from uh, the ring or half-assed internet? Yes. Research yeah, pretty much. Here, yeah. So, so why are we allowing really old people and really young people to drive? I don't want to get you into the really that. old. <laughs> I just announced my campaign. I just announced I was running 2020 on a single issue, which is the you have to retest every, I think I said three years after 60 and every year after 70 or something for your driver's license. I'm not going to pick on the elderly. I decided to leave them alone. <laughs> They're a big voting the blowback. Block. You got to be it's careful. To, right. Not to so alienate. They vote. They vote. I, I, I looked it up. In, in New Hampshire, you can drive at 15 and a half years old. Okay. 15 and a half years old. Yep. This might be for a rocket man to answer this to Mikey us. Mike? Yes, yeah. because it says, and I, he's North Dakota? South. South, perfect. 
The youngest legal drivers are in South Dakota. You are correct. And they're 14 years, yep. six months. Yep. So, so you can't go to an R-rated movie until you're 17. Yep. You can't drink until you're 21. Yep. Why are you driving? Like, that's a head scratcher. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if at some point, like, I'd be curious to look into the history of this. I wonder if it's just kind of a necessity thing. Like, at some point, you needed kids that young to be able to drive to help do whatever or just because like the school like to get kids to school yep. like capacity on buses it feels like it's an, a necessity thing at some point but are we there still but but here's what i think but no. well 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 here's what i think is interesting i don't think i particularly care whether the legal driving age is 14 16 20 30 i don't particularly care i think the lack of consistency is what's strange and yes states rights blah 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 but it's weird that people have agreed on different ages because I was hearing that there's a new service uh, that's cropping up a bunch of places that's like Uber, but for kids. And it's targeted towards low-income families because getting your kids to sports games and mm -hmm. clubs and whatever, it's a major limiting factor for people who don't have the money to skip work or to get their kids a car or whatever it is. So mobility, like the ability to get your kid to a sports practice or to a cello lesson is huge because it... First of all, it gives them access to something that could get them a better life. Like your kid could turn out to be a great cellist, but if you can't afford to get them there, they're never going to find that out. So I think that the basic principle of getting kids to drive as early as is safe is really helpful. It's good for people because it helps families out. The problem is the reason for this like 14-year-old driver's age in South Dakota and 16 and a half in Massachusetts it's nonsensical. There's no logical basis for this because if that were the case, you'd probably have this reversed. Places with bigger urban populations where it's harder for people to get places would have the lower driver's age. So it's like this is it's I get the I get the social basis for wanting kids to drive as early as they can, but I don't think that that plays any part in how this policy is set. <laughs> can you think of a 14 and a half year old that should be driving? No. <laughs> But I also, right? th this is the thing is the, it's like, it's, it's too early, too late, too late, too early, whatever it is, it's wrong. And there's no standard for it. Like you should be able to do it as soon as you pass. So, so you're saying it's a head scratcher. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is squarely this is yeah. a candidate for your list. <laughs> All right. The old thing is more ridiculous though. I think. I wanted to leave them alone. But no, let's it. not leave them alone. I, yeah. Well, cause I think. A 14-year-old kid, while maybe not, like, emotionally yes. responsible enough to drive a car, physically should have no problem doing yes. it. And I think that actually is a safer proposition than the reverse. Agreed. Where you understand the rules of the road and the responsibilities of operating a motor vehicle, but just can't see anything. Yeah, it's great that you <laughs> yeah. know you're driving a death trap. But right. if you're driving the death trap recklessly because you can't see... Or problem. here, or yeah. can't turn your head all the way, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, but I, this is an interesting topic because I think we've talked about this before. Like, an auto, like we, we talk about, I don't want to get yeah. political, we talk about gun control all the time, mm. but we don't talk about who can drive a car. And, yeah. You know, a car is totally, it's more dangerous statistically. Yeah, thousands speaking, of pounds. It is much and everybody more dangerous can get than one. a gun. Everyone yeah. has one, right? So I think you're right. It's a bit of a head scratcher that that isn't at, at the very least more consistent. Yeah. Regardless of what age we arbitrarily kind of decide is the right yeah. age. It also kind of leads itself to like, I think I think it's particularly interesting on the low end of age wise, because if you've met a 16 year old or a 15 year old recently, there are 16 year olds who are adults. Mm -hmm. There are 16 year olds who are children. Most of them would qualify as adolescents. But there are some of them who are adults and some of them who are children, if not emotionally, then at least physically. And in some cases, emotionally, there's kids who are 16 who are super mature, who are like running for Congress. Like th that kid would test out as an adult if you had some more consistently applied test. Right. I, this is hard to apply. Like this is. <laughs> I think the logistics of that yes. are too difficult to implement. Yeah. And, that's and that's why the age is just why it's done and why it feels so arbitrary but it really feels arbitrary for something so important yes yeah i think this is a head scratcher this is a head scratcher kev what do you think 
I think he can play the music, but yeah. I think he needs someone to cue it. Yeah. He also needs someone to bully him. <laughs> he never comes in at the right time. That's true. So? So? Yeah. Cue it up, Kevin. Play. Boom. Play it, Kev. Wow. That was a particularly stanky rendition today. <laughs> a lot of stank today, Kev. Thank yeah. you. So what time is it now? Now it's time for the not top three. That's true. So these are these are non-head scratchers. Like this makes perfect sense. A total kind of sense to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this makes this which makes, could still be a head scratcher for, for most us. other people. Yeah. <laughs> you think about how how this list could be populated with so many things, and I I came up with bacon, bacon, bacon. <laughs> Yeah. No mystery here. We all have a belly full of bacon right now. No, but bacon, I was thinking of the thing that is not a head scratcher is just bacon. And I put that in all three places. So bacon occupies all three. It's bacon, bacon, and bacon because bacon is perfection. Yeah. Bacon in a chocolate chip cookie. Yeah. Been done. Have you ever had that? You brought them once. Yeah. Nicole, oh my God. I think Jerry and Nicole might have made them for me for my birthday. Unbelievable. It's the year I got the Kevin Euclid's, uh jersey after he'd been on the Yankees. It's a breakfast food. It's a lunch food. Yeah. It's a dinner food. It's a snack. Yeah. It's a yep. sweet. It's a great addition too. Like the bacon yeah. as a standalone is great, but I think chefs these days have realized that bacon as an addition to stuff is great. Is it? Uh, it's Gaffigan, right? He does this whole thing about bacon. I don't know. Foods you don't like, you wrap in bacon to make them better. <laughs> How interesting. That's true. You know, it's also a candle scent. Do yep. you know that? Yeah. 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 It's it. man, the man candle, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean- there are folks out there that dislike bacon, yeah. to be sure. But I think if you were to power rank like foods based on approval rating, yeah. just on taste alone, because obviously it's going to kill you. But like, yeah. if you just ask people to approve or disapprove of bacon taste-wise, I imagine it's near the top of the food pyramid. I would agree. But the other thing that I think is interesting, maybe this is more specifically what you're getting at, even beyond approval, is that it just the fact that it's great makes such perfect sense because it's just fat and salt. Right. Like, in addition yeah, to yeah, being yeah. great, it is not, like, there's no it's mystery as to why it's good. Like, there's right. some foods that you eat and you're like, this is great, but I... I can't put my finger quite yeah, on why. Like, what? No, this is the fat and the salt are really tasty. And sometimes, like, the maple, mm. which is sugar. Or if you put, like, <laughs> nice pepper on it, like, oh. that's nice, too. Oh, and you could put it on peanut butter. I don't know if you've ever tried that, but a peanut butter bacon sandwich. Oh, yeah. Giddy up. I don't know what our lunch plans were. I don't know what they were. It was a salad, actually. (laughs) All right. All right. So moving on to number seven of stuff that, again, this is acquired over a lifetime of things. So bear with me. It's not with, no, it's not wisdom. It's It's just stuff that scratching. It's stuff that gets stuck in my brain. So, so when I was younger, there was a big deal about um, hijackings <laughs> and <laughs> planes. Got, no, see, I still think yeah. about this. Planes got hijacked. Didn't all like the, the Cubans time. take planes to Cuba all the time? Planes to Cuba. So, <laughs> yeah. so half-assed internet research. So, so hijackings are so bad that they were divided into pre-Cuba Revolution, wow, and post-Cuba Revolution. Holy right? crap! So. So you think about that, and I, if you look in the '60s, like you go through, yeah. I did this. There are there's like a hundred hijackings, and only between Cuba and the U.S. I didn't go anyplace else. Yeah. Okay, so here's the head scratcher. People are on planes; they're hijacking them for whatever reason. It takes 9/11 for us to figure out to lock the cockpit. That is a great point. What took so long? Wait, didn't the Manson family hijack a plane? I feel like Charles Manson was involved in a hijacking. We can do some research on that know. later, but that's a great question. Why so, are we not locking the cockpit? I can you provide me with some context because I was completely unaware that yeah. like literally hundreds of planes have been hijacked. Oh my god! Yeah, the, this yeah. was like a big thing. Was Huge. political movements would you? So you're like on your plane from Topeka to Baltimore, right? And you're just like, <laughs> just got my sixth whiskey. You know, I'm smoking a cigarette. This sure. is great. It's a happy life up in the clouds. And then all of a sudden, over the loudspeaker, you hear, this plane is being diverted diverted to Cuba. Like, this really happened. If you get on the internet, like, this was a big thing. So you would take a plane to try to advance your political cause. So this happened. I think there was a a big one that went to Iran 
Like, the, a, yes. Yeah, there was a yeah. lot of there was yeah. a lot of situations where planes were getting hijacked and taken to places um, that were having like a big political revolution. But your basic point is, was that not bad enough? Like, wasn't this enough of a problem? There was the raid on Entebbe, like uh, the Palestinian. Yes. I think the PLO took a plane, like because yeah, because my assumption was that after nine eleven, it occurred. Like that was the first time it had occurred to anybody to do that with an airplane, and so you would think. And so the reason that it had never been locked before is because just no one had yeah. ever known that someone would do that. Yeah, it's like okay, well now we'll lock them from now on. But but they did know. But now you're point. telling me that they did, and now yes. I'm scratching my head. Because, That's a great point because yes. it's almost like what they're saying is I. And I now to be fair, I think this was the first time anybody had thought to use a plane as a missile in its sure. own right. Which now that's obviously a big step up in gravity, but but there was always that possibility. Like I think that it's you're basically just putting your trust in a terrorist. The moment you say we don't want to put the resources in to prevent this plane from being taken over, you're then saying, okay, we trust the terrorists to do what this to plane just what they will. And- just take them to a place. Hold them for a while and then let them go. Which seems like also bad. Yes. Like, like even yes, even like, wouldn't even, we want to prevent that? Yes. Well, so that's the thing. Like even in its own right, aren't like families headed from Topeka to Baltimore not getting to go from Topeka to Baltimore and then being held in a country that's not their own by people who they don't know? Yeah. Isn't that bad enough in itself that you would just lock the cockpit? Yeah, because it's really, like, not much more complicated than also, that. Also, like, what's the cost there? Like, well, you know, if we lock the cockpit, then it's really, really hard for the pilot to get out and use the bathroom? Like, what's the... <laughs> let's like, say it's $100,000 a plane. Like, let's say... Let's just, let's just say... Yeah. Let's say it's, like, a crazy, crazy door, which I think it's a it's a legitimate door. It's like a vault, almost, yeah, right? It's yeah, like, that's... Like a, a bank vault kind of door. What a perfect comparison. Yes, yeah. a bank has a vault that is presumably about as hard to get into as an airplane cockpit now. So what yeah. took so long? It, yeah, that the, cost the, would get spread out. You'd think. But I think about it because I think, I thought of this. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, government. I, it concerns me that I'm thinking about this. It's not that difficult. I go, wow, all these years, all this stuff. Yeah. So anyway, that's something that kind of. It's a great. I, this is a really good point. Yep. All right. So number six, someone has to explain this to me. The Electoral College. Can someone explain the electoral college? I mean, I don't understand. I don't. I don't understand. This. This is one of those weird things that I think everyone kind of agrees is broken, and yet, like, it just yeah. hasn't been fixed. At least that's like kind of my impression of it. The internet is sort of ablaze right now because several of the Democratic candidates. So we're we're recording in 2019. So the 2020 presidential season is very underway, um, which is fun, but. Uh, yeah, there's some Democratic candidates who have proposed abolishing the Electoral College because in today's electoral situation that this kind of disadvantages the Democratic Party because it basically empowers more of these smaller states, states in the middle of the country, to have a little more influence over um, national elections because they've given more power in the Electoral College than they would be in the popular vote. The idea was to make sure that states that were new to the union were given proper representation because if you had a small state that was kind of out west, it wouldn't have been at the time, people wouldn't have felt it was fair for that part of the country to get so little say in the future of the country. Mm -hmm. So they kind of gave them a little more influence. All of which is to say that made a lot of sense during the westward expansion and I'm sure a listener might know more about this than us. Certainly. <laughs> I know a certain listener, but I won't yeah, name Shelby. names. Shelby. <laughs> well, Quinn, too. Yeah. <laughs> Quinn and Shelby probably both know more about this. It, let me yeah. let me rephrase. They definitely know more about this I than was us. just thinking how much better of a podcast top 10 with Quinn and Shelby would be. Yeah, it probably would be a lot better. <laughs> definitely a lot smarter. Yeah. So, so you have a highly educated audience. Yeah. With a few exceptions. <laughs> so, so can you explain that quickly? How that works, the Electoral College. Yeah, so I I don't know how the numbers are assigned. No, not the numbers, but but you have a, you have an election. Uh, say Massachusetts accounts for, I don't know, 10% of the U.S. population. That's probably high, but it might be 7. It's, it's more than 2% of the U.S. population. It's basically scaled back in the number of electoral votes it controls. So if there's 535 or whatever the number is, if Massachusetts has 7% of the population, it probably only has... 4% of the electoral votes. 
I have no but, notion how that's set or if that's reset. No, but I, not just dumbing it down. I don't even mean that far. So you you have an election. Yeah. Somebody wins the popular vote. Yes, like Hillary Clinton won the popular vote and in loses the election. Correct. So theoretically, you could have you could have five million people vote in California and five million vote in Massachusetts. One person votes from every other state. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, and yeah. And in theory, yes. These, in that, these yeah. however many millions could be, huh? Yeah. It, it seems like if you were going to do that, you would want to like assign your electoral votes based on population. And if you're going like per like whatever, if it's Massachusetts is seven percent of the total population, they get seven percent of the electoral votes. But if you're doing that. At that point, there's You're no just difference. Recreating than, the there's popular no, vote, right? So, so there must be some difference to it. Yeah. And the question you're asking, I'm asking now, is why is that, and why we continue to do it that way? Well, I think that's the question. Yeah. I think we question. would have. We'd probably have to dig into what the method, like what the scaling method is. Yeah. Because it's not Massachusetts doesn't go from seven percent to two percent, so it's not a pure state versus state vote. Right. Like the person who wins twenty six states doesn't necessarily win the election. So it's not like they scale you down from your population to 2%. To 2%. There's some factor, but it's also not 7%. It's something in the middle of that. At this point, I don't know what the actual logic is or if they reset it or how often, because that matters. I, and I don't think it's a logistics thing, because like we know it's yeah. not like you have to consolidate because it's too hard to count all these votes or something. Much, we're much higher. Like, we well, can theoretically. Higher but we know what the popular vote is, right? So like... Yeah, couldn't we just do that? Right. So you're kind of scratching your head. Yeah, thinking. I'm scratching well, my I'm, head. Well, yeah. All right. So uh, number five. Ugh, little background. So last year there were four Tennessee inmates that were going to be executed, and it was going to be lethal injection, and they requested to be uh, put before a firing squad. Mm. Okay. This begs a question for me. So the deal, I don't know what you know about firing squads, but tip, typically there's six people. Five of them have live rounds and one does not. Okay? Yeah. So the idea is yeah. maybe, you didn't, maybe you didn't kill the person. The idea is to keep right? the firing squad sane. This is operating under the, yeah. um, the assumption that the, the people yeah. in the firing squad are not there because they enjoy killing people. Mm -hmm. They're there out of necessity. And so to spare them the possible guilt... Every time somebody's executed, they can tell themselves it wasn't me. So here's the thing. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not making light of this, yeah. but I come back to, why will not you just give one guy a bullet? Like, why put all six people through this thing? You're making them all suffer. That is a so good I'm point. thinking, hey, you drew the short straw. You're the guy. Like, you're, cre you're creating all this angst. For five other people unnecessarily. Oh, I thought so you were saying, saying why yeah. shouldn't there still be six guys? No, no, yeah. See, that's what I thought you were no. saying, which I actually think is a better idea. I think that's. I think they want to have five bullets hit a person just to be to make sure. sure that they're dead. <laughs> but you're saying like, why These not are marksmen? Also true. Not typically. Typically, well, the, yeah, the I guess that's a good, it, that's a good point. Well, Try not the cream of the crop. We well, got to remember, like when this was. First happening, like, they weren't using precise instruments yeah. to kill people. They were balls of lead. That were probably killing more of the executioners than the It was executed. literally a ball of lead getting shot out of a rough cannon, right? Like a handheld cannon. So, like, True. So, like, you don't have marksmen. That's why you have five people doing it. I, th I guess... The tradition. Why does the tradition live on? Well, but, like, so you're proposing, let's just pick one guy that's fine with it. And no, just... I'm proposing stick it with him. Like, put it on him. Like, oh. you're, you're making all these people feel bad. It's a horrible thing. What if you just, but what if in this scenario, instead of doing what you do, again, we have the blanks, but you have five blanks, one live bullet. So there's a higher probability you didn't kill the person and you feel even better. Because you really got to do some mental gymnastics to talk yourself into not having fired a lethal round if there's mm. only one blank. But if there's five, it's like, well, five out of six chance it wasn't me. But I think conversely, yeah, I think it would be very clear if you were the one that fired the actual bullet that you were the one. Do you think? Because of the kick. Because you'd the know. Kick, what? The, 
I well, it feels like, the same. Like shooting a blank feels the same as shooting a live round. I guess. I feel like you would be able to tell. If there was guess, only now, one. Now, if they're real marksmen, they probably can tell. This is interesting. I feel like you would be able to tell. Like with a modern handgun or a rifle, I just feel like I, if there are five real bullets, I could definitely cons- definitely talk myself into like maybe mine wasn't it. Yeah. But like, I feel like I'd be more likely if I was the person with the one real one, I would feel more certain that I had fired the actual one than I would be uncertain. If so I you're had saying fired. everybody will talk themselves into having been the one who that shot they did <laughs> because they're all arrogant. <laughs> so this right? would be even worse. It might be. I don't know. I don't think it would be worse. I don't know if it would improve. It would the demonstrably improve. But it. I do think the basic point that this whole setup is is completely well, without even, and without even getting into the question of whether lethal like force like whether execution is like the death penalty is yeah, right no, or wrong. no no but i'm saying yeah. you, just accepting that at least in some places the death penalty is legal and is enforced this whole rigmarole is bullshit right i also think you could find six guys that would be like I'm not going to lose it. any yeah, sleep but over I d- this. But I also don't think you necessarily want those people as like paid to be doing that. <laughs> you kind of want your executioner to not love executing people, I think. Probably. I think. Yeah. So actually, you did a little bit of research. When is the last time a person was killed by firing squad in the US? Do you know? Yeah. You know what? You said a little bit of research. Okay. That's I, I want to say it was like the 50s, but I'm not sure about that. Okay. I, I feel like that. Wow. Yeah. Well, so anyway. I'm glad I don't have that weight over my head. Yeah, this one it feels like I'm scratching my head a little bit, but I'm not super worried about it because I don't think anyone yeah. is going to be killed by firing squad All right. soon. I hope not. So I should be put. This is the first thing you've kind of put me at ease over. Good. So you feel you. better about this? I'm yeah, because I think to, it's yeah. just not important. <laughs> yeah. Right. All right. So so number four. All right. This film peaked at the tenth highest grossing film at it you know at its peak it went to 10 it's currently 15th and it's made 1.25 billion dollars okay. so t- it peaked at 10th all time 10th all time and was it around slid down yeah, a little the bit. 15th okay. i'm interested to see if we can guess could you give us the year that it came out i don't know the give year us an it's, era. A, it's an animated movie like somewhat recent uh 20 okay 28 years ago 30 years ago 30 years ago? That feels like it's 25. Lion King has got to be around then. Right idea. Beauty and the Beast. Bingo! Okay. All right. Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> can you can you pull up? You know what? I'll do it for you. Okay. I have to do this. I'm sorry to take out. But look, look at this. Talk us through it as you're looking. Well, this has been bugging me for a very long time. It, that thing's a dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's, got, it's, got, it's got ears and it's mm. got horns. Why does nobody care? That which part that, that they're romancing? Yes, I think it's, it's a might. dog. Do you think it's possible Jerry missed the point of the film? I think the <laughs> that's kind of the idea, Jerry. Jerry, did you watch the movie? Of course, I saw the movie. Do but you know it's the a main dog. themes? Do you, yeah, are you familiar with the point of this film? Yes. Well, tell us the point as you see it. <laughs> well, the point as I see it <laughs> is this beautiful young woman. Yeah, right, gets gets thrown in a in a old castle or whatever with okay. this guy that so doesn't far, know how so to good. love yep there was no right. love right. right and he's got time this this rose is under glass all this time yep it's yep. gonna it's gonna wilt unless he figures out how to truly love mm-hmm. why is he gonna be a dog he's a dog so are, are you so are you saying that like this is a kid's this is it, a kid's animated film it's, why can't we make it a really unattractive <laughs> person it's a dog it it's seems, got horns. It seems like you're really hung up on it, like specifically looking like a dog. No, it's, like, it's no. not even the beast. It's like thing. Beastie, It's like the not <laughs> it's sort of, easy. It's sort of the no. bestial nature of this creature. It's that it's not a human. Like yes, you, yes. you think it's weird to be teaching kids that there's romance occurring between a human woman and a very clearly non-human other thing. It's weird. Hmm. I just don't get it. I I, I get the story. Yeah. I get it's beautiful. It's one of my favorite. I think it'd be a, films. I think it would be a lot different if we were to understand that this was this is a beast, and he's always been a beast, and he just doesn't know how to love. But this was a person, so like he has human capacity to love and think and operate. He just happens to be really ugly. Why <laughs> I, can't 
why can't he have like a, a cauliflower ear and he a could be elephant man and... the answer is because yeah. it's a fairy tale it would be but a lot a... scarier for kids too it's the whole like this feels like a like a grim like a like a really be. old like you know really old folk tale yeah. that has to, I, I think tales like that are better for their kind of uh sensational kind of nature and mm-hmm. they're supposed to be kind of scary and beast is terrifying and yeah. i think i think i think part of w- what we appreciate about the movie is that bell is not only like at first is not it's less disgust and more of just fear like when the beast is introduced it's like he's an animal hunting her or something yeah. like that i think like if it was just an ugly person it would be like disgust Creepy. and shame yeah. versus fear and i think there's actually a, an important distinction there am i my off base here. I I don't find this particularly head scratching. I'm totally with you. I think you're kind of. Pardon me. I think you're a little hung up on the bestiality portion of this. I'm totally hung up on. No, it. I know. I but I, just, but I will say. Okay, let me ask you this. Sure. You have three children. Is that accurate to say? Uh, yes. Okay, and your children are all grown. Yes. And reasonably functional. Sure. Okay. We all loved this film. I think we all learned the lesson we were supposed to. Like, I'm not humping the cats for the most part. Like, I don't know what. what... (laughs) Yeah. The other way around, typically. Yeah, they do hump me from time to time. But, like, I think this was okay. This went okay for us. Are you you retroactively feeling you you parented poorly on this topic? No, no. I'm feeling I really like the thing, but it's always bothered me. (laughs) If there's this hulking beast that's got horns and weird stuff. It seems to me that maybe, just maybe, you're imposing. A little bit more of the physical love onto this movie than is really present. You know that there's no love making in this movie, right? On screen, at least. There's a time that they're you up in that library. <laughs> yeah. I'm not convinced. But okay, all right. There's a time they disappear into the library. But, <laughs> Probably reading, Jerry. Yeah, I don't think but they okay, were so to, so to my point, if you go to the um, the Broadway version or the mm-hmm. or the real you know, yeah. the act. Why are they not beast? They're they're people. The the, the person that plays. So beast. you would like them to train a bear? No, I'm not saying. No, no, no. <laughs> that no. would be great. No, but if you look if you look at the Broadway version, it's a man. It's not it's some dressed as a beast. No, because they don't. No, have it's no, act- nope, the, no horns, no tail, no, no. We went to see this together, Dad. It seems like a logistics thing. Yeah. All right. All right. Anyway. We're moving okay. on. So moving on. <laughs> so moving on. So Beauty now, and the ugly guy. <laughs> are we cueing music again? No. We, we probably, do an honorable mention? No. No, that's more editing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let's do some yeah. honorable mentions. All right, so these are other things that I kind of scratch my head about, and I think you should too. Um, <laughs> so so I, I've recently been um, in the company of a, of a grandchild. and Mazel. Uh, mazel, mazel. Yeah, mm-hmm. so... I was reading to him, and he's nine months old, and I'm reading him a little book. I, I forget who the, the publisher is of these, but it, but it's like golden books or what it used mm-hmm. to be. And he wanted to hold the book, and the book was kind of heavy, and he was squirming around, and he nearly chopped off a toe. The book is heavy. Why, why do children's books have <laughs> – they have sharp corners, and they're heavy. Like – can't we put bumpers on them? Or isn't there something we can do? You got to let... He wanted to hold the book. So I let him hold the book. The book dropped. It's an interesting question. Because they do have those fuzzy ones. I do. got him one. And it was great. But it's... Yeah, it seems weird that they're still marketing like big, heavy... The cardboard is sharp. Why is it not a standard? Hmm. Oh, you think like that the safety authorities should step I in on this? I think we do everything else. We, we childproof this. We evaluate hmm. car seats and swings and everything else. Just don't understand why something is dangerous as a book. I, I guess that's something that they don't. I they must not test for that. And yeah. to be fair, like for me, that's not something I would consider. But I'm not a grandparent or a parent for that matter. Hmm. It's true. But, but you're saying like a so this book is like definitely specifically marketed for children. It's a children's book. Is it like yeah. like how many pages is it? This one's about forty. Okay. That's a big children's book. Also probably the thick cardboard pages, right? It is. Yeah. yeah. So 
beautifully, beautifully designed. Lots yeah. of great graphics. And, I wonder know, if, like, on the page. I wonder if, like, let's say we reached out to the publisher, the manufacturer of the book, if they would say it's user error because this book <laughs> is not designed to be used by a child. It's designed yeah. to be read by a parent to a child. That's an important note because mm. your grandchild, I think is worth noting, is spectacularly strong. Now, I might be biased because he is my nephew, yeah. but he's a freakishly strong baby. Is that fair to say? Like, I, I think know. there's a I, lot. I, of think so. I think there's a lot of kids his age who couldn't hoist that book, and so they might not even be considering that a child with his level of development would be able to do that. If I had to come down on this, I think that the the design in mind with a book like this is that kids probably not holding it anyways. Yeah, great grip strength. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. All right. And they hope that you're just not going to drop the book on the kid. <laughs> Intentionally. So you're blaming the victim. I get it. from a great height. Yeah, victim. I'm victim blaming. We're victim yes. blaming. That's exactly what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Another honorable mention, um, pickup trucks. Okay. <laughs> so Ford has had, they've got their 14th generation F, F series truck, yep. right? Okay. The first one was made in 1948. Yep. And I went back and looked at this thing. It's a beautiful truck. Why do they keep getting higher off the ground? Because, because in the hundred year period, and we're not, we're not a hundred years, right? It's not 14, 48, what are we, 52 and 19, what's that? 71, what are you doing? Oh, you're well, doing, oh, wow. people's you're height, math. American, American men, the average height has only increased three inches over a hundred year period. It's pretty impressive that it's increased that much. But it's, but it's three inches. Yeah. But these trucks have gone the, up like 10 inches. Yeah. What's with that? I think. Why, why are we making oh, wait, these trucks there, higher okay, off the ground? Second. Looks like we've got a real answer here. No, it's not based in science or, okay. or physics or anything like that. I Part of it, I really think that men like getting up in a truck. It's a wiener measuring thing. Yeah, I really do believe that there is some... They're marketing towards... You want to step up into a car yeah. and be like you're above the road. I've, Get your tape measure out on the way up. Yep. I feel like that's part of it. I feel like it's partially to accommodate probably larger tires. I think that that's that could be a part of it. I don't know. And, there, and we should ask Mike this or yeah. Cam probably would even Cam know best. Know. Is there like some sort of reason that it needs to be higher to increase its hauling and towing capacity? And I want and that could be it because with with a lower like hitch or a lower whatever, it might be more difficult. You want to tow something close to its center of gravity if you're hauling an RV or whatever it is, maybe it helps. I'm I'm only speculating. Mm. There might actually be power and torque reasons behind it. I certainly don't know. But those yeah. are if I had to hazard a few guesses, those would be mine. So truck height is outpacing human height increase three to one. Just saying. <laughs> All right. And another one is the Peanuts gang. Oh my god, that wow, sorry. <laughs> Sounded like you were you, yeah. No, the Peanuts Gang. <laughs> huge, huge fan of the Peanuts Oof. Gang. And I don't understand. I, I. <laughs> what don't you understand? No, you love the Peanuts. I love the, it. What's it confused? Let's head scratch. Okay, yeah. so Charlie Brown and Linus. Okay. Charlie Brown is bald. <laughs> and Linus has wispy hair. And they're supposed to be eight years old. Mm, yeah. What is going question. on here? They're too, they're, they're simultaneously too old and too young for that hair. What is going on? They're bald kids. I mean, you ever see Caillou? At, yeah, Caillou. Not at eight. At eight, though. <laughs> Not at eight. That's an interesting point. Linus has a receding... <laughs> Linus has the rooster. He, he's he's only got like 12 yeah. hairs. Yeah. That's true. I think that if I had to guess, yeah, I think it's probably intentional. On, what's the, his name? Charles. 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 It, it actually characterizes them kind of effectively because they are kind of old souls like they behave they, they don't that is true they don't really behave Pepper like kids. And patty for example they, lucy they all yeah. kind of act older than their age and like i think that's oh you think maybe it's the point it's I, like kids are i have, think it's part of their appeal and part of their charm uh, no it that, feels like we no might, it's more victim blaming so it's me again because i didn't get the point so of you think you're the, the so it's interesting though you're casting now you yourself have, as the victim in all these situations yes. a lot of this I, stuff comes back to you jerry i know i was trying yeah, to make it not interesting. to speaking of which and we're not even gonna go there because this doesn't count why does the teacher go wah, 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 and why do they understand her 
they don't. I don't that's think the they point. do. They I think they do understand. No, they don't. They understand. all speak like you and I do. Yeah, that's come on. That's like you get that. That's yeah, just because teachers yeah. are annoying and the kids well, find it like annoying. It. I don't like it. All right, what's number three? <sighs> number three. So the plunger. <laughs> I said it didn't make sense. This list. It's just stuff no, that I randomly fine. think about at odd times. We're not reordering. Just I think. No. Yeah. So, so, the, so the plunger was invented in 1777. Wow! Yes. Really? Earlier yep. than I would have anticipated. Wikipedia. That feels like it predates plumbing. Yeah. <laughs> this makes it a 242 year old invention. Okay. Right. Really, really great thing. Efficient, whatever. Why can't they make one that doesn't splash? You ever have to plunge something? Yeah. It's not possible. Why are we not? It's usually poop. Why why is someone not working on this? How how do we live with this? A a really important tool. 242 years. Wait a second, guys. I just fixed it. A guard. Why why wouldn't you just have... Wait a second. Okay, it's already fixed. So you put an adjustable bowl-sized guard because you have to adjust it up and down because there's different depths of the bowl. Like a plastic guard that's approximately the shape and size mm. of the average toilet bowl. And it just attaches to the handle? It just attaches to the handle. You slide it up and down, and then you plunge, and it splashes onto that. Doesn't that seem like it... Did I just solve it? I feel like you I solved you it. Have. I guess my... And cheaply, right? This is I didn't in- radically increase the complexity or So you're cost. thinking like a dog bell. Yeah. Like, a, like the... the like a the, collar almost. Yeah. Like sure. The, I mean, it would that... probably just be flat. Yeah. yeah. Like plexi- but that's I the mean, idea, right? Us, but... I, the reasons I think that doesn't happen, I think a plunger manufacturer doesn't want to deal with it, and I don't think they get that many comment cards on it. I just I don't think that that many people are like, God damn this splash. Like, have you ever been splashed? I have, but like I kind of well, understand you're not getting it. Getting angry enough. I just think it's like part of the process, but it doesn't have to be. Why I, does it? Ha- why do we have to live with this? It's a mechanical. It feels like things have already gone badly enough. You don't need poop on you. Yeah, the thing sells for like four dollars and ninety nine cents. What? Yeah. What can up it co- to five forty nine? Like, it's an extra fifty cents? I think. If you've ever needed one, holy cow, you would pay a hell of a lot more than four ninety nine for it. <laughs> Cam right? always says, the "Time to get a plunger is not when you need a plunger; always before." It's a great point. Exactly, Thank you, Cameron. That's yeah, totally wisdom. Agree. sage wisdom from yeah. Cam. Totally poop agree. related. Yeah, usually. <laughs> All right, so number two, oh. uh, three. Yeah. Did we do three no, we already? Three. That plunger was three. Was number three. Oh, the plunger was three. So, yes. the plunger oh, was yeah, three. that's on the list, yep. baby. Oh, okay. All right. So, yeah. so again, don't don't hold me to these exact numbers, anyone out there, but I think these are close. Shut up, Quinn. Germ theory was proposed by Girolamo Frascatoro in 1546. Okay. And let me tell you, there's a lot of germs on the poop splashing on your shin. It's yeah. weird how these yeah, things are Yeah, it's all good. It's not intentional. No, it's, no it's, it might not be intentional, but it is somewhat logical. Like, it's there somewhere. 1762, okay. expanded upon by some guy's name I can't pronounce, okay. Marcus von something. Plensis or something. Okay. And viruses were discovered in the 1890s. Okay. Okay. You got all that, right? So, so we're following. Eventually, eighteen ninety. Let's say we know we've we've actually found germs, and we know that they can be bad, and we don't see them. And then, why are we still shaking hands? Why why do we shake hands? I here here's the thing. Okay, you want to do a handshake? It's so opposite. So if I if I saw one of you two, I mostly know where you've been. I mostly trust you. Mm-hmm. I would be more inclined. To shake your hand. <laughs> of somebody but we, you know well. Why are we shaking hands with strangers? It's so dirty. It's, doesn't it seem like something that your mom should have told you? Like, don't touch strangers' hands. Yeah. It's gross. Now, here's the thing. It's possible. It's possible this is intended as a show of trust. Because most intimate gestures, like a dog rolling over on its side to show you its stomach, the point is, I know that you're in a position to harm me. But I trust you not to harm me. Perhaps what's happening here is saying, you and I are from different families, tribes, groups, whatever. I have germs on my hand. You have germs on your hand. Just, I don't know that this is right, but it's like, it's a show of trust. You could hurt me because we're close to each other and you could stab me with something. Okay. We're close. But also, so so the point is, I think that the, the, the ancient origin of the handshake is a show of physical trust like you're not gonna hit me with a club 
It's right? not a germ thing. No, it's originally. not. But, but what I'm yeah. saying is I think that it actually sort of serves that purpose now where there's less of a chance that somebody's going to hit you with a club, right? Like it's low probability that when I shake somebody's hand, they're going to use that proximity to club me, but they could give me their meningitis. And so I'm saying, I trust you not to give me meningitis. And you're saying that tomorrow when you meet someone, this is what we're saying. You're going to meet I, I someone. Do. I'm not saying I want to say it, but I'm saying it. I think, have you ever shaken hands with someone and you saw them sneeze or cough right before? If you haven't, yeah. I've never like it's seen disgusting. it happen, but I know it's yeah. happened. Okay, I I I agree with you. Why can't we nod? It doesn't gross me out that much. Okay, so that was what I was going to ask you. Like, what is what's your feasible alternative? Yeah, like what's the what do you propose instead as our communal global? Because everyone in the world, I feel like, does this. No, like, it's a pretty common gesture. What What do you propose instead? Because I hey. think that a nod, hey. the the audience, you're Jerry's right. nodding. But you're right. Like a, a handshake kind of does convey Ugh. a kind of sense of like, yeah. You physically have to be kind of close to someone to do it. A nod is yeah, it's fairly it's, impersonal. It can actually be aggressive. The way Jerry's doing it right now. Ugh. Now, here's my question: Why not like expand the use of the hug? Because the hug gives you the same sense of physical proximity, but at least in my opinion, now I'm no epidemiologist. I think there's less a chance you pass. Your, hey, Joe Biden. Your, <laughs> nice. Good one. <laughs> it was very topical. <laughs> oh, there's less a chance of passing on your germs because it's clothing on clothing. Now, I don't propose we send this to the beach. Keep shaking hands, because on the beach, there's all kinds of muck that's mis- mixing with each other. The beach is no place to shake hands. It's no place to touch. I, I propose the home run <laughs> celebration. You know oh, I mean? the like elbow. The, that's intimate. I think it's about not a bunch very, of guys. Yes, it is. Not but, very intimate. Sure, it is. A bunch of guys on a sports team, right? They're all they're all pulling for the same thing. Yeah, but thing. this also, I think there's a power dynamic here, too. Now, don't get me wrong. People do this with a handshake where, yeah. once again, we're back to wiener measuring, and they like to crush your hand. Hey, we talked about this on your last podcast. The, the hand, know how to handshake. Everyone hand should know yeah. how to do a good handshake. Correct. Oh, I didn't say uh-huh. I liked it. Aha! <laughs> uh-huh. Logical and consistent. That's a, no, ha- that's no, a high five no, between two people who no, trust each other's germs. I no. just touched my butt. Nope. It's the acceptance. <laughs> oh, okay. I touch your butt all I'm the time. I'm my... It's the self. acceptance of a social convention that I cannot change. Mm. So you should do it right. Interesting. I but I hate that. it. I, I well, you hate, hate it. But you still it. scratch your head. Yes. All right. Scratch your head with your left hand. Shake with your right. And the thing that kind of I know yeah. that really keeps me up is, and I've been thinking about this for a very long time. Why are we washing bath towels? <laughs> what? What? Because he just touched your butt with it. After you've taken a shower. Yeah, it's still gross. It's still touching it's your butt. It's not gross. No, it's gross. You you come out of a shower. So you think you should just pop it in the dryer? Hang it up. Like, I, I think oh, you I'm ought to so be able to use this. a bath towel indefinitely. That moisture? That, that? that moisture? Have all I? the crap yeah. that's going to start yes. living in that? I, after a while, eight it, nine days. All right, he just for no. the audience. Let me be clear. Jerry's kidding. He's not that gross. <laughs> He's wow. gross in his own ways, but not that gross. If you use a towel indefinitely, you're without washing it. Excuse me, you're clean. Yeah, but you're you're moisturizing it and putting so it out in damp air. Okay, you know so what? what? Here's what you should do. Take a take a a water. Just leave it open in the open for a long period of time it's going to warm up it's going to get moist and its container is going to get all nasty and germy i just don't you're just I, adding I moisture and heat so you're telling me that you would just use a towel indefinitely you would do that indefinitely i don't know if i believe you i don't believe him either you're you're kind of a germaphobe as proven by the last thing it's just going to start to get dank eventually yeah, but like it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me because it's a cycle right you go in the shower you shampoo you clean we yeah. get your basic point right so it, it's not soaking wet if you if you did the shake off before you get out of the shower. But if you get anything, well, if you get anything wet, yeah, it's and just you, eventually and you leave gonna, it in the open air. Get stuff's milk. gonna grow. If you leave, if you wash clothes and then do mm-hmm. leave them in there and you don't put them in the dryer, they smell bad. That's not true. You, you back in the day you used to hang stuff out on the yeah, clothesline. Yes, that's hanging it out to dry. This is hanging no, over we, a towel rack. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's, it's that's an interesting point. The clothesline does kind of raise a different. Angle here. Well, if you put okay, so it depends where you put it. It's if also you, open leave, air. Yeah, if you leave it in a in a washing machine, sure. You're yeah. but like, but you're not hanging up a towel out in the sun every time. So what you're, you're so it. what you're proposing is take a shower. You you squeegee. You're clean. You're, you're clean, perfectly fine. You clean. You off your butt. 
Then you take said towel out to a clothesline. Because unless you're proposed, unless wait, just wait. Unless you're prepared to propose that, then we call bullshit on this idea. If you're leaving it in that dank ass bathroom, you're also assuming a scenario where your body is impeccably and entirely clean everywhere that you touch it with the towel. I'm not going to guarantee 100% coverage every time I shower. Yeah. Certainly my towel is going to pick up something. Oh. <laughs> Come on. You're not doing it right then. Oh my god. And also everybody has to have access to a clothesline. Like this is we don't all live at Leave It to Beaver in the suburbs. We're not white picket fence mother effers like you. Oh boy. Like where am I supposed to hang my shit? I'm in East Boston. I got to say I got to put this out and get some chemicals from the tow truck company <laughs> across the street from me. I'm going to say that you put this perfectly right because of all the things you have said, this is the one I'm scratching my head the most over. <laughs> well, there you go. At your face. Yeah. At my expense. Yes. I didn't even know that was a thing. Wait, yeah. so that was number one? Yeah, that's oh number my one. God. Oh, that's the worst I, number one of all, of all time. time. the best number one. I'm yes. scratching my head. Scratching my head. Well, there you go. Oh, my God. Do you need a recap or no? <laughs> recap. Well, is there anything that you have that you scratch your head over? I, I, I haven't thought about a single one of my own thoughts this entire time. I've been too preoccupied thinking about the, the dark and dangerous place that is my father's brain. Yeah. I, 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 kid, I kid you not, I haven't even <laughs> pondered one independent thought. I'm actually kind of in the same place, which is funny because oh, I, wow. I kind of count, I kind of rely on the fact that as you go through your list, I will naturally think of other things. Yes. It's, we don't, I wouldn't say we tune each other out, but occasionally you got to take a little mental vacation yeah. to think of some stuff because we don't reveal the list ahead of time. Yep. But I didn't do that this time. I couldn't. I would have tried. I couldn't do it. I was too distracted. Wow. It actually feels like I was you for a little while there. Like, my brain was just bam, 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 boop, whoop. Jerry's kind of like a fireworks display. I would say that that's a good yeah. description. Not like a match. Certainly not like a roaring hearth. No, nope. Nope. A fireworks display. Oh, man. Yep. All right, recap us. All right, so number 10 is on ramps before off ramps. Makes no sense. Which may be the case that we were describing. It may not. Right. A diagram may be to follow. I promise we'll see. Nine is Al Pacino's making (laughs) The Godfather Part 3. Makes no sense. I don't get it. Um, why we're letting really young people drive and they can't do other stuff like see an R-rated movie. It's and just, the elderly. And the elderly. That's, and the elderly. Yeah. We're going to, in a future cast, maybe, if you have me back, we'll propose a curfew for the elderly. We're living in the authoritarian <laughs> state of Jerry very People are getting executed by firing squad. <laughs> I have Stop. answers for those people. Who's going to die? This is on the heels of Jerry saying, like, I don't want to get on the elderly here. <laughs> yeah. Let's focus on the yes, young people. He's just, but he's just rounded them up <laughs> and giving them a No, I, I have an answer. I'm an answer guy. Oh, you might not like them. You've just given us like an hour and a half of no answers. <laughs> right. That's why they're head scratchers. They're head scratchers. Right? That's the so thing. you're not an answer guy. No, I am I'm an answer guy. I'm an orgy guy. <laughs> no, I am an answer guy. You just might not like my answers. Okay. I, All right. Yeah. So what's number whatever? I'm, I'm so. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> Number seven is what took us so long to figure out the lock a cockpit door. I just want to interrupt really quick. This is actually, I think, this one. one I this think is we... the most head scratching. We're not going to reorder. Let's unofficially put the top ten km stamp on that as the most head scratching. This is like the one I most want to follow up on. Yeah, do with some Wikipedia research and talk to the person <laughs> in charge of stuff. Yeah. Six, the electoral college. What the heck? Yep. Yep. Five, the firing squad. Five bullets. One generally, shooter. what the heck? Just dumb. Whatever. <laughs> Beauty and the Beast. I stand by the things a dog. I get it. You know. I... What? How happened? It, it does kind of. Yeah, it's a, it's when you reorder it, you yeah. do sort of realize. I said that yeah, this plunger. Yeah, all right, all right. Number rambling. three. That's the point. Number three is the plunger. It's yeah. been around 242 years. It's a great thing, but it still splashes. Not Why anymore. Can't fix it Not anymore. Two is the handshake. Thanks to three. Two is the handshake. Just dirty and gross. I eesh. And number one. Number one. Inexplicably, this list that kind of made some sense at one time. Number one is I I think no one really understands why we're washing bathrooms. I think a lot of people understand why (laughs) we're washing bathrooms. I'm thinking no one does. No, I think a lot of people do, Jerry. Well, I don't. Well, (laughs) thanks for coming on. Kyle, should we say some stuff? (laughs) Well, first I want to say thank you, Jerry, because that was a ton of fun. Yeah, that was was a lot of fun. (laughs) 
I love having you on, yeah. so thank you for that. Thank you. I would also like to thank the wonderful Kevin McLeod for preparing not only our theme music, but our not top three And for putting music. up with his bullying new boss, Jerry. That's right. Yeah. And of course, uh, our artwork was put together by Aaron Sant. If you want to see more stuff that she has done, you can check out that at Sant Design on Instagram. And if you want to check out the social medias... Google Caroline Labranti. We don't know any of her locations on the internet. It's somewhere out there. She takes care of all of our social media stuff. Speaking of which, check us out on Instagram. We may or may not have uh, some sort of sketch from Kyle of the 95-93 interchange in Massachusetts. Also, maybe not. Check us out on Twitter. Maybe. Check us out on Facebook. Shoot us an email at top10km at gmail.com. Tell us some stuff you think about what Jerry just said offer to come on the pod we now have the capability to have uh three-way communication so that will be exciting it really doesn't matter where you are anywhere you are if you're in the aleutian islands join us i don't even know where that is assuming you they have wi-fi there yes as long as they have some wi-fi or you're willing to pay for the data yeah um so those are some good things to do on the internet check us out on stitcher podbean spotify apple podcast app wherever the hell you get your podcasts whatever you're doing right now that's right Jerry, it was a real pleasure. Thanks, guys. Peace, Jerry. Peace.